Pat's pals, Foxborough friends, football freaks, and gridiron geeks, we welcome you to the latest episode of New England Training Camp Live, brought to you by Odyssey Sports, and of course, your friends at 93.7 FM, WEEI, and the WEEI Sports Radio Network. Your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens here, aka the Notorious at Fitzy GFY where you can follow me across all the socials, a content producer, brand personality, and host at WEI Sports Radio in Boston. And I got to tell you, folks, it's great to be here, not just because we're bringing those fresh Friday victory vibes, but because I'll tell you what, your Patriots, guess what? Mm-hmm. Break them up. Fire up the duck boats. We're back, baby. All right, I'm having some fun. I'm in a good mood, and I'm looking forward to today's show. Pats won last night after the joint practices in Philadelphia, 35-0 against the E-A-G-L-E-S, second unit and possibly third, coached by Nick Sirianni, Eagles! Uh, The Eagles did not exactly trot out their A unit last night. We'll get to that in a second. Pats look good in most phases of the game. Uh, Old iron leg may have an issue. Maybe big kick Nick's job is secure. Uh, lots to chop up, parse over, dissect, discuss, fanalyze, and so much more from the week, and especially last night's game. Just want to let you guys know we'll be joined in just a couple of minutes by my buddy Evan Lazar uh, from CLNS Media, one of the best beat writers and followers around town. He'll help me make sense of uh, Mac and Cam. Notice I didn't say Mac versus Cam. I didn't say Mac versus Cam, because I'm not doing the Mac versus Cam debate at all. I haven't really humored it. I'm not entertaining it. I'm not here for it, and I don't think everybody else should be as well. We'll talk a little defense. We'll talk uh, the kicker. We'll talk Ramondra Stevenson, baby beast mode, baby blunt. What an impact this kid's making, and if we'll actually see him on the field this year. Who he has as his far too, actually now kind of getting closer to reality, 53-man roster, the highs and lows of the week, what to expect at the joint practices with the Giants, and so much more. So, Evan Lazar from CLNS Media joining us in just a couple of minutes. First, got to say, it's an interesting spot to be in coming off a 35-0 preseason win. Pat's 2-0 during hard seltzer season, a.k.a. pretend pigskin season. This unique, only this year, different preseason where there's only three games. And different teams are handling this preseason differently because the Patriots obviously looked to want to treat last night more like the dress rehearsal, which typically in years past was the third of the four preseason games. But now you've only got three preseason games. So the Patriots last night trot out Cam Newton for about a quarter or so. Then Mac Jones comes in and plays almost a half's worth of football, second late into the third quarter. And then Hoyer, the destroyer, comes in for mop-up duty towards the end. Uh, The Eagles, however, although they were set to start Jalen Hurts, a quarterback. And I was really, 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 like everybody else, looking forward to seeing how the Patriots' first unit defense would play against somebody like Jalen Hurts, who's super mobile, improving as a passer, and now has, it seems like, a trio of uh, speedy wide receiver targets in uh, the Slim Reaper, Heisman winner Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins, who we all saw in that little viral clip earlier this week, burn J.C. Jackson in the joint practices for a touchdown, and Jalen Rager, who's finally living up to his promise. <clears throat> See, it's possible, Nikhil. Get to that later. And, of course, they got the big tight ends and Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. 
Philadelphia's and they got and they, Miles Sanders is good. Boston Scott, which of course sounds like the nickname of a buddy of all of ours from high school. If you grew up in the Boston area, it's actually a running back of Deion Lewis or JJ Taylor stature. They should have an offense, and their defense is pretty good too, especially the linebackers in the front seven led by Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, and of course the Man Mountain, the Trent Brown of defensive linemen Fletcher Cox. But instead, Philadelphia comes out with a second unit defense, and then Jalen Hurts has some sort of gastro distress, some sort of virus, or he's not feeling well. So he wasn't able to start. So they go with our old pal, Joe Flacco, a previous nemesis of Patriots Nation from Ravens days of yore. Last year, of course, our old pal who uh, basically threw us back into the game when the Pats played the Jets on the Meadowlands on Monday Night Football. Pats won that game with one of Big Kick Nick's fabled 50-plus yard game-winning kicks at the buzzer, 30-27. to yeah, no, Joe Flacco, it's exa- he's exactly who he is now. He's going to be a journeyman backup. He's going to bounce around, you know, the Case Keenum, Andy Dalton, previously Ryan Fitzpatrick Expressway, one year to the next, wherever there's a first, second, or third year starter that needs a capable veteran backup who's, you know, played the been there, done that role before. But it's Jalen Hurts' team. Great buzz on him. Looked really sharp this week at the joint practices. Him not being there, plus the Eagles kind of going with that second-unit defense, although actually it played pretty well up front. Pats didn't have a ton of daylight early on. They, it wasn't exactly like Damian Harris was busting through for seven, eight, nine yards of chunk. They weren't chunk running. Uh, Eagles got some defensive guys. They're not. That's not a bad team overall. If Sirianni can coach uh, at least twice as good as he press conferences, uh, maybe we're not looking at another one of those 6-9-1 or 6-10 and 10 disasters from last year. You know, maybe they'll make the NFC least mildly competitive this year. And I thought that would be great competition for the Patriots to cut their teeth on in game number two, which they were treating more like a dress rehearsal. Instead, they get the second unit defense. They get Flacco, but they do start the receivers. You know, it's you're so this is why I say you're in an interesting spot, interesting spot, because you want to get super psyched. You want to just celebrate as much as you can for a practice game with a 35 nothing win with multiple touchdown drives. You know, when you see Sony Michelle catching passes, when Damian Harris looks good, when Cam has zip on the ball, when Jacoby Myers, my guy, a.k.a. the discount Slim Reaper, when discount Devontae Smith scores a touchdown on a great route, they called it the NCAA route, where Nelson Aguilar dragged three receivers downfield with his speed. Myers comes across the middle, cuts under, catches it, and takes it to the six-point house. Hey! I saw all the things that I wanted to see the Patriots do last night. So I'm psyched to see them making progress, scoring points, converting turnovers into six and not just three. But at the same time, I hate to say it, we have to also broadcast from WPTB, Pump the Brakes Radio, for just a second because, yeah, it was against the second unit defense. Yeah, they didn't have to face Jalen Hurts. It wasn't the best that the Eagles could offer on both sides of the ball. So progress made. Salutations, props, and hip-hops earned. Maybe a little less cause for concern. But have they really faced the medal? Have they really faced a big test? Will they face a significant test before they play the Miami Dolphins on September 12th at 425 p.m.? Not that I'm keeping track. We are. How many days? <laughs> Not soon enough, buddy. Uh, you know, we'll see. They're, they're doing things. They're making progress. They're grinding their way. You know, they had their ups and downs this week during those two practices. I think I think that was the real value in the week. I think that's what was much more telling for both Patriots coaches and media as well as us, the fans, 
and and when you straddle between the two like myself, there were times Pats didn't look that good. Earlier in the week, we had a chance to speak with Elliot Shore Parks, a writer for 94WIP.com, Eagles podcast host. He's as big an Eagles fan as I am a Pats fan, or at least follows the team to that kind of diehard level. And he said, hey, you know, coming off that first day of joint practices, what was that line he used? Whatever your expected win total for the Patriots was, cut it in half. Woof. Yeah, that one didn't go over too well on the socials when I shared that with the Foxborough faithful. Yee. Understandably so. Tis a bit of a sensitive fan base in nature. I understand. I've been through all the gates with you. I get it. But at the same time, you know, maybe they are going to struggle a little bit. But what we haven't seen is the Patriots' offense and defensive death stars, if you will, operating at full capacity. We haven't seen Steph Gilmore out there. We have seen some of the linebackers and the defensive linemen. They looked okay after the first couple of plays last night. Matt Judon continues to just prove that he was worth every penny the Patriots invested in him offseason. High energy, big tackles, just max motor. He is the new face of this defense. He is the new energy behind this defense. He's bringing the presence and the persona this defense needed, like the booster shot, the uptick in energy, uh, you know, the, the overdrive. He's... Just doing a dynamite job. Dynamite, dynamite job. Love him out there. Um, let's see, a couple other takeaways real quick. Um, oh, I wanted to get to the Cam and Mag thing first before Evan joins us. Um, we talked about Ramondre Stevenson. We'll get to him a little bit more with Nick, uh, excuse me, with Evan Lazar in just a minute. Quinn Nordine did not have a great night. Uh, offensive line looked good. Jacoby Myers, my guy, three for 58 and a touchdown. I wonder... I think that's actually his second preseason touchdown. Maybe he caught one or two from our old pal Jarrett Steinem. Old uh, Jarrett, Jarrett Studham back in the 2019 preseason. So it's not his first preseason touchdown. Although his next regular season touchdown, which I can't wait to see, that will be his first official NFL touchdown, which I'm dying for him to get. This is his season. He's so good. He's got such great hands. He's such a good route runner. He's so precise. And the thing is, he's so unassuming. Like, you just think, like, how is it possible that this guy, who's as slow as their center, or so it seems, how could this guy possibly juke me, outrun me, outmaneuver me, and get open against me? And he does time and again. And then he's got the great big hands, the sure footing, and the confidence to back it up. And obviously, he's got Cam's confidence, and he's got Mac Jones's confidence. Uh, and, the, and the whole Mac and Cam thing, I just want to get to this, and then we're going to welcome Evan Lazar in just a second. I, I call it Mac and Cam. Excuse me. It's not Mac versus Cam. It's Mac and Cam. Okay. Uh, because they're on the same team. Yes. Okay. Thanks, Fitzy. Appreciate that. I am of the belief, as are a lot of people, more people than you might imagine, that no matter who gets the job, so long as they're the best person for the job, then that's a win. That's a W. Go ahead and eat that W. That's a W for the Patriots. And on a night... When both quarterbacks play well, Mac Jones, another solid night, finding the open guys, taking the checkdowns, some darts and lasers. A little bit concerned. Maybe that knee's bothering him more than he's letting on, and it's not just a, oh, I wanted to test out a brace before the season kind of thing, but he'll be all right. Looking really, really sharp. His numbers would have been even better had Nikhil Harry come down with that ball. I think he completed 13 passes again last night. I think he's 13 for 19 in two straight games. That's wild. That's wild. 
Patriots are giving him 19 throws a game. But that 17-play drive was incredible. But that comes after Cam Newton steps out, yes, again, against a largely second-unit defensive squad by Phil Philadelphia. And he looks sharp. He's got a lot of zip on the ball. Didn't look like it was hurting him. Wasn't that same kind of, you know, herky-jerky motion as before. It was a little more fluid. It was a little more Cam Newton of old during his heyday on the Panthers. Moved well, made the right reads, was patient in the pocket. Offensive line gave him some time. It was looking good. And this is a best-case scenario for me for the Patriots. If Cam Newton is good enough to start the season at least until either flaws are revealed, his game breaks down, his body breaks down, or something else comes up and it's Mac Jones time, and here comes old McCorkle, great! It would take a Herculean, a seismic, an otherworldly effort for Mac Jones to unseat Cam Newton at this point now. Like, I think it's over. Barring injury, you've got a backup who is your franchise in bloom, is a certified stud, a starter for many years to come, I believe, in the NFL. And right now, you got a dog. You got a member of the old guard. You got a former MVP, a champ with a lion's heart and the big body and an uh, an A-plus fastball to back it up, who wants to get out there, earn the coach's trust, earn your applause, and earn victories with the Patriots. And I still think Cam can do it. So I love it. It's not Mac versus Cam. It's Mac and Cam. It's just a matter of who's the best guy at the time. I still think Cam is right now, but Mac's your future. Can't decide, by the way. Do I like Mac to the future the most? Buddy of mine, my buddy Luke, texted me. It's a new Mac City. Kind of in love with that right now. Kind of in love with that. Of course, everyone loves Big Mac Attack, Mac the Knife. <clears throat> Let's get uh, Evan Lazar's take on what's the best new nickname for Mac Jones. All right, everybody, joining us now, he is, of course, the Patriots Beat reporter for CLNS Media and the host of the Patriots Beat podcast. Like I said before, he's one of the best followers in town. Here he is. He is coming in to focus and play right now. Evan, I just read all of your bona fides in your resume, so no need for me to run it up and chalk you up anymore. It's Evan Lazar, or as we like to call him, Evan Lazar, the Patriots beat Zah, here on the old Odyssey Sports New England training camp live. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Ah, uh, great, man. Uh, I'm doing a live stream from my closet at my house. How could I be? <laughs> Who's more on top of the world than us? You look like you're posing. Nobody can see our video feed. You look like you're posing for a driver's license photo. <laughs> and I'm up in a closet doing a live stream. This is, we're, we're crushing it right now. We're doing very well. I feel good about it. I'm feeling great about it. Now, before we get into the actual football guy talk, I want to um, get your feel for this. Try, and we know Mac is the future, and I think Cam solidified his job for the present, and we'll see how long that particular present is last night, which, which I thought was like a, an A or A-minus effort against the second-unit squad for the Eagles. But with Mac Jones, what's your favorite Mac Jones, Nick? I need to decide on one because, you know, that's what I do when I do my fitzy shtick. So tell me which one do you like the most? Do you like Big Mac Attack, Mac the Knife, Mac to the Future, or my new favorite from my buddy Luke, New Mac City. New Mac City's not bad. His his real name or his middle name is McCorkle, correct? Not, so I not, I, not McLennan. I always like calling him McCorkle. I think that that's hilarious, and I can tell why Mac, as a kid, would not want anybody to know that his middle name is McCorkle. So I, I like McCorkle. I, I like that one. I I love calling him Old McCorkle too, just because like it it allows you to like because with that. 
the presence, even though he's like, and you've probably had a chance to get a view of this, like he's secretly competitive. Um, his his Pop Warner coach joined me on WEI a couple months ago and told me that he's the closest thing he's ever seen back when he was his Pop Warner coach to a child version of John McEnroe. He's that feisty. He's that fiery. He's super competitive. Yet he presents, he looks like a glee club kid. Like he looks just like, oh, shucks. Here's old McCorkle coming out to just toss the leather around the yard. I definitely see some of that. He was also a little bit bigger than I expected him to be when I first stood next to him or six feet apart from him, I should say. But uh, he's he's an interesting guy because you definitely do see the competitiveness and the fieriness come out at practice every once in a while, especially when he makes a couple of mistakes in a row that he feel, felt like he shouldn't have made. You definitely see some of that fieriness come out. Yeah. Uh, so you say – so. Had you thought that maybe he was going to be a little smaller because you had heard from the likes of other guys around town, like, oh, he's, you know, Tom Kern had said, like, he's a little slight, more narrow shoulders than you thought, didn't have a lot of mustard on the fastball. From what I've seen recently, it's almost like his confidence is expanding, and as it does, like, he's flowering because he looks more quarterback-like. He looks a little bigger to me now, too. And there were a couple of passes last night. I was watching on the Philadelphia feed, so I had Scott Graham and Ross Tucker I got a former lineman, and I've got the voice of NFL Films. By the way, great local. Not to say anything about Sosi and Zoe; it's always a great time. But uh, that was a—they're a, a great broadcast. Uh, they were really impressed with his poise, uh, his zip on the ball, and just everything, like the the whole total command and presence that Mac Jones has. So, just give me your joint practice and preseason thirty-five nothing victory thoughts on the progress you think Mac has made, but where Cam stands as QB1. Well, I think there's a lot of great progress from Mac in terms of you see the things, the translatable traits, right? You see the things that when you scouted him in college or watched him in college and the Patriots drafted him 15th overall, when you sat there and asked yourself, what were the things that attracted the Patriots to Mac Jones? And then you watch him practice and you watch him play in these preseason games. And all of those things are, are translating from the poise to the decision-making to the deadly accuracy, to the poise in the pocket and handling pressure and the nimbleness that he has in the pocket. He's not exactly a mobile quarterback, but he can move around a little bit, move off his spot, dodge rushers, and then come up and throw. And you always see him. And I think that this is where he really separates him himself just from a physical standpoint versus Cam Newton throw with extremely clean throwing mechanics, right? A great base, quick release, good footwork in the pocket, always stepping towards his target, always keeping his feet in sync and keeping that mechanical chain tied together. And when you have a chain like that tied together consistently, that's how you get the type of accuracy that Mac Jones has down the field. Now, the other thing that's really stood out to me about Mac And they did it against Washington, and they did it against Philadelphia right out of the half. Those no-huddle drives that Mac took them on in the third quarter, first drive of the third quarter. I can't express enough, and I I don't want to get too hyperbolic, but it is extremely impressive for a rookie quarterback that is 15, 16 training camp practices in and in his second preseason game, and they are already running the offense with that kind of pace. And I, I don't think that people 
understand how much goes into a no huddle attack and how much control at the line of scrimmage the quarterback has to have because when you get to the line of scrimmage and you're not huddling and you're not hearing the call from the offensive coordinator for example when Josh McDaniels radios in the call to Mac Jones he might say something like zero out slot fig 50 quick out go z slant right that's the play call that has the protection the routes from the receivers everything everything and then he might say to mac make sure you alert this make sure you check that here's your key there here's your key here but when they run no huddle and when they run tempo like they have against washington and philly they use one word to associate the entire play call so when he gets the line of scrimmage josh mcdaniels might be shouting in his earpiece jordan 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 which is haas juke right one word yep. Yep. so you yep. have to be able to decipher everything from the protection to the routes to everything and how it all fits together with just one word associations. And Mac Jones is already doing that a couple of months into his Patriots career. That is extremely impressive. Now from Cam, we have seen a much cleaner Cam Newton in practice and in the preseason games, I would say as well with him. It all comes back to mechanics too. When he's tied together, when his feet and shoulders and hips are in sync with the throws that he is making, he is far more accurate. When his footwork gets wonky and he's not stepping to his targets and he's not going through the reads with his hips and his shoulders. That is when the ball tends to get a little bit iffy with Cam. So if we can see the Cam that we saw last night where everything's in sync, everything's tied together, then you're going to see a lot more consistent Cam Newton as well. Yeah, that's what I was saying in my little fitzalog to start off the show today that uh, I don't look at this as Cam versus Mac or Mac versus Cam. This is Mac and Cam and Cam and Mac to me because I've seen Cam as the entrenched starter, just like the coaches told us from day one. It would take a Herculean seismic or catastrophic something incident to have Mac supplant Cam at this point. And I, the anger and the frustration in Patriots fans every time I have to hear like, oh, I don't want to see Scam Newton anymore. I already did this, been there, done that, Fitz. I, like, this is a guy, if you give him the time, the second year in the system, more weaponry, the confidence and the belief, let's not even delve into, like, his Instagram about, like, he deserves loyalty. Just give this guy a chance because the longer, yes, we all, we all can't wait to see Mac Cook. And we know this kid is a stud in training. He is a franchise quarterback in bloom. And like you said, the fact that they're letting him go tempo and he's controlling the no huddle, which doesn't surprise me because I've heard coaches, like I talked about, I uh, spoke to Jim Nagy before the Senior Bowl and then afterward, and he said he's never seen anybody be able to just devour playbooks and spit. But he's just – he can't stop. He and Devonta Smith both, like the Eagles and the Patriots, both got real ones from Alabama. I mean, he taught – you know, coming off Steve Sarkeesian as the offensive coordinator, he taught the Alabama playbook to Billy O'Brien as a little thank you love letter to Nick Saban as he left Alabama. So none of that surprises me. But I'm very happy to see Cam playing better. Because he is going to start, and he is going to have command of this offense until further notice. So to see Cam, like that play where he stepped up in the pocket, looked right when Aguilar drew the three guys downfield, then he hit Myers on the undercut in stride, so then he could turn and take it into the six-point house. Like, that is exact. His play action looked sharp. His footwork was crisp. We're going to need to see more of that, plus the power running game for the Patriots to be successful. I think you're looking at a team right now, Evan, if they can do just a little bit of everything like we've seen this past week, despite their struggles in the first part of the joint practices, they're going to be competitive in every game this season. Yeah, and, and that's exactly the difference between Cam this year and last year is just – 
much more rhythmic with his throws, much more on time with his throws. And when we talk about accuracy down the field, we always get so caught up in ball placement and, and where he's putting the football and studying that aspect of it. But so much of ball placement and accuracy is mental and what's happening with your feet. Right. If your feet yep. if your feet are in line with where you're throwing, if your feet are in on time and your drops are on time and in sync, and then obviously you're making good decisions with the ball, then you look a lot more accurate than you maybe would if you were like Cam Newton last year, struggling to kind of go through those processes. So with Cam, we've seen him keep the ball up. In other words, those dirt passes and throws by receivers feet and stuff like that, that we saw all last year, we saw a lot less of that out at practice over the last couple of weeks. And everything that he is doing, looks more in tune to what they are calling and what they want him to do. But you also look at him as a passer and you do think that there is a little bit of a ceiling there. And when Mac Jones comes into the game and it, and it's not, all there yet for Mac. He has his issues too, especially as a young player. But when Mac comes into the game, you do feel like the passing attack opens up quite a bit more and they're able to do a little bit more from a throwing standpoint with the rookie just because of his accuracy and his grasp of things already. Right. You can just sort of feel that like that rhythm coming and you know, Patriots Nation, which is still starving and hurting from the departure of the greatest player in all Boston sports history, making his way down to Champa Bay. Like when, when something Brady adjacent comes into the game, it sort of like fills that void. It heals that little <laughs> hole in their heart. Like, oh my God, Mac Jones is doing like 2003 Tommy out there. It's, I feel like I'm, I'm seeing him throw to Givens and Branch again. This is awesome because it has that rhythm. It's got that look and he carries that quiet confidence about him as well. See, this, this is why I'm, I'm loving the now because the Cam Newton narrative of the old champ trying to resurrect his career and, you know, go out uh, on a noble, valiant effort like this with the greatest coach and Belichick showing him the faith while training your future and then getting a chance to see what might be great for the next 5, 8, 10, 12 years. This is like you're back after one year in the mud, and now you've got a glimpse at your future as well. Like, And the Pats have a lot of young tent poles that they're building around. Uh, and some of these, some of these free agency additions specifically – I don't think there's been anybody more impressive and more worth the money to date than Matt Judon. This guy, or Matthew Judon. I should say Matthew. I don't want him to come at me like he did when he freight trained Flacco last night. Um, this guy's been dynamite. I mean, I, I didn't. Th he was one of those guys I loved to hate on another team. Now I can see why Belichick threw him the money because he brought that love to hate to this team. Now I love to love him. Like He's just an instant great patriot to me. So when you draw up in a lab, if you wanted to make a computer version of an outside linebacker in Bill Belichick's system, it would be Matthew Judon, right? A guy that right, can rush right. the passer, set the edge, and drop a little bit into coverage when they want him to occasionally, and do it all at an extremely high level and within the framework of the system. And I thought the pressure that he had on third down last night on the throw that J.C. Jackson broke up for Devontae Smith was such a great example of understanding how to rush within the, the framework of the scheme because it was a stunt play. There was a three-man stunt with Uche and Montrevious Adams, and he wrapped around right, right. and was able to pressure Flacco so it's not just one-on-one -on -one pass rush moves and he's pretty good at those too but being able to run a game being able to run a pick play being able to blitz or drop or rush the passer one-on-one -on -one, all those types of tools and then also be 265 pounds and set the edge extremely well is from the that perspective it just 
it all fits together perfectly with Matthew Judon and Belichick spoke about how they do a lot of the same things in Baltimore that they are now doing with Judon here in New England. So maybe they call it something a little bit different. Maybe they go to it at a different point in the game, but the techniques are all the same. So he's not learning a whole new defense from that perspective. So I think that's why you're seeing him hit the ground running and you look at him at practice. And this is some more kind of body image type of stuff. And you watch him and you see him talking to the other linebackers and standing next to Dante Hightower and Juwan Bentley who are big dudes, right? Those guys yeah. are also big guys. Judon towers over Dante Hightower. He is all of, I would say, 6'3", 6'4", 265. I mean, he is a monster, and he can also move extremely well. So that's what you're seeing is easily translatable traits into the Patriot system combined with the perfect skill set for what Bill Belichick wants out of that position, and you have an absolute stud. I think he's going to be a great player for the Patriots for multiple seasons, not just this year. It's almost like uh, Belichick saw the Adalis Thomas Project 2.0 and went to ownership and was like, hey, guys, remember the last time I found one of those like linebacker edge hybrid monster types? It didn't go so well. He also played for Baltimore. Give me, give me a mulligan on this one. Just let me do it one more time. I swear I got my guy this time, and I know our pockets are deep this offseason. And to me, he's the most valuable addition to this defense uh, I, I still can't help but think that they need Steph Gilmore back desperately because that shores up the back end and it'll free up the linebackers to be a little more to be a little more open, rush the passer. A um, couple other guys I want to get to on defense in just a second. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, um, I'm in love with Jacoby Myers. We haven't seen a lot out of the tight ends, so they're going to really have to. They're really, really, really going to have to rely on this running game. You're, I think you're one of the guys I saw a tweet last night either something along the lines of hope you guys enjoyed watching Ramondre Stevenson or put him on ice. We'll see you next year. Do you think Belichick's going to come up with one of those? Like, yeah, he's got a um, red shirt. I mean, he's got a hamstring injury. We're going to, we're going to IR him. Do you think that's going to happen? So I don't think that's going to happen only because Damian Harris and Sonny Michelle do both have some durability concerns, right? And, and you do worry that if you IR him, especially before the cutdown day, and you can't bring him back for the season and he's done for the year, then Damian Harris goes down or Sony goes down or, God forbid, both guys get hurt. Then what do you do with the lead back role? And the year that you, co- you come back to constantly and Belichick comes back to is 2018 when they had six running backs in camp, just like they did this year they cut it down to four everybody gets hurt and Cordero Patterson ends up playing running back for two games and that's the situation that I think that Belichick is going to keep in the back of his head the other one was I think it was what 2015 when uh, they had to sign Steven Jackson in week 16 or 17 to play running back for them down the stretch so you don't want to run into that type of situation And, and the stat that really stood out from Stevenson last night was that he created 10 forced missed tackles last night on his 15 carries 10 I mean this is a guy that's 231 pounds that has great lateral cuts right he can jump cut and miss make a guy miss in a phone booth just as easily as he can run somebody over that that's pretty rare at that size so I think that he's going to go maybe more like the J.J. Taylor route where they keep him on the team, they keep him active, but maybe he's not a game day active all the time until one of those guys, hopefully no, nobody gets hurt, but if one of those guys does get hurt, then you see Stevenson in the game. I think he's, I think he's good enough that you can kind of be confident for him to play if Harris or Michelle were to get injured and they need him to play, but I don't think that he's going to play over those guys just yet. 
No, I mean, look, getting four touchdowns through the first two pretend games is not that that big a deal per se. I mean, there have been a lot of guys over the last couple of years that have been preseason heroes. The next thing you know, they're 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 cut. They're on someone else's practice squad, or we never hear from them again. But something about the fact that he got twenty point four miles per hour on that ninety one yard touchdown scamper, like he's got wheels for a guy his size. He's got wheels, and and also just like you just said, his lateral movement. Sure, he'll have to do a lap. He'll get highlighted in the film room for allowing them to punch out the ball late last night. So he'll take his lumps for uh, for the fumbles. Hopefully he doesn't have a case of Stephen Ridley syndrome and give it up too much. But uh, this kid's a play. He's a fine. He's an absolute fine for the offense, for a team that is going to rely so heavily on uh, the running game. And I, and I can't wait for it. Uh, just tell me before we get to um, your last thoughts on the roster, um, is there anything you are concerned about heading into the last week of joint practices to this week with the Giants, then next Sunday night, super forgettable, definitely probably not a dress rehearsal preseason finale. Is there an area of the team right now that kind of has you going, eh, well, where would that be? The secondary. I still think that they are, like you said earlier, Fitzy, Stephon Gilmore is such a big part of what they're going to do in the back end. And Jawan Williams has played well the last week or so, and he mm-hmm. played decent in the joint practices, and he played good last night. So hopefully that light is, is coming on. And we've been talking so much about Nikhil Harry. Well, maybe another 2019 draft pick is actually the guy that's going to really turn the corner and start playing well. And if that's the case, and Jawan Williams is here to save the day behind Gilmore and Jack, Jackson, then great. But you look at the snaps that were left behind by Jason McCourty, and you figure that Jalen Mills is going to take on a lot of those responsibilities, but specifically the outside corner reps. You need three good outside corners in the NFL. You can't just get away with two of them, and if Gilmore or Jackson gets hurt, they need Juwan Williams to step up to the plate and be able to play well out there for them. So I would say that position is somewhere that still... I'm not 100% sold on Jawan Williams just yet. I think that last night against Devontae Smith, he showed me something, and I hope that that's a turning point for him in his career. But I still am skeptical based off the first couple of seasons and the lack of reps that he was able to get. The other quick thing I would just say is Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith's absences from practice – We'll see what happens chemistry-wise with them early on in the season. I think by the end of the year, it won't be a problem, obviously, that they missed a handful of training camp practices. But we all love to see the Patriots or or your favorite team come out guns blazing in, in the first week of the season. And maybe that might be the first time that we see Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith back on the practice field or back on the game field, I should say, after these injuries in camp. So chemistry maybe on offense might come along a little bit slower until they get that two tight end package underway and outside corner I still think is a little bit of a question mark yeah listen if the Patriots are thin at tight end uh, someone's out there he got freed this week his resurrection come on T- are you ready for it come on Tebow already was a massive fan favorite. <laughs> he was even... already here one time <laughs> and I, you know, I, I saw enough of it back I then can't. oh god I can't even get through the sentence um I did like this to your Joan Williams point I like the fact for kickoff, Jalen Rager takes the ball. Joan Williams guns down the field, just yeah. absolutely smacks him at the 18-yard line. He's a big guy. He's a little lanky, but he, he he hits big. And I know the Patriots love good, like Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, Stephon Gilmore, Ty Law. They have a history not only just of great coverage backs who make clutch plays, they're great tacklers. You know, and bad tackling by the secondary 
ultimately is one of the things that doomed the Patriots the last time they played the Eagles in a super meaningful game in Super Bowl 52. So Joan Williams showing compete, special teams value, and getting good looks. Like uh, I think he's going to end up making the team because that size and the potential could be too much in an area where you need it when everyone's running a 17-game fantasy football offense. Uh, last one for me, bud. Uh, suffice to say, big kick Nick's job is uh, safe. Or should I say, hey, Evan, wasn't that a brilliant plan by Belichick to have Nordine miss a couple of kicks last night so they can cut him and put him on the practice squad? If that was the plan, then it's chestnut checkers, right? I mean, that that's a, that's one of those moves. But with Nordine, the one thing, and I, I have a friend that's on the staff at Michigan, and he kept on telling me, just wait, right? Because he gets on these oh. heaters. He gets on these hot streaks where he can't miss, and he described it as he looks like the best kicker you've ever seen, right? Because he can drill these kicks right down the middle from 60 yards if he wants to, and you just sit there and you say, wow, this this kid is immensely talented. And then all of a sudden, he just completely loses touch of the football, and he completely loses his accuracy. And I was just waiting because I kept on texting him and saying, hey, it hasn't happened yet. He was three for three again today. He was three for three again yesterday. I mean, what point am I going to see this? And then last night it unraveled for him. And that's the consistency that Belichick continues to bring up with, with Quinn Nordine. It's great that he can make a 60 yarder. It's great that he seems to have at least a little bit of gusto, right? That he can make some big kicks and some big moments. I think that he does have that sort of competitive edge to him. But when the NFL, you need to be near automatic within 40 yards. You need to make all of those kicks as an NFL kicker. Nick Folk can do that. Quinn Nordine remains to be seen. Exactly. Uh, 26 in a row last year when the Pats needed him in a pinch, and he's the only guy with two 50-yard-plus game winners last year. That's why we call him Big Kick Nick. Uh, instant fan favorite. I think his job's secure for one more year. But it would be great to have a guy like Nordine on the practice squad that you can work with and try to get that, get that consistency in him because uh, – I mean, Mighty Quinn, Iron Leg, whatever the kids are calling him, like he's got a cannon for a leg. It's a nice compliment to Jake Bailey. Uh, you know, these are some of the the nice, the special team tent poles. You got an all-pro punt returner. You got an all-pro punter who's great on kickoff. By the way, the, the nod to Gaskowski kicking the kickoffs last night to the one-yard line, like Bailey gets it. Like he's just, he's killing it. Um, you know, all those little things. Th- these are the hallmarks of Belichick football. So while I don't think the Patriots could make a deep postseason run this year, I'm start, I'm seeing the things that made me fall in love with those teams 20 years ago, and I think that's the the way that we're headed back. Give me your uh, season-long prediction before uh, we thank you and let you go, my man. It's going to be a tough one because of the division, right? I, I think that they have the ability and the talent on the roster to make a real playoff push and, and to get into the postseason, certainly. It just you look up at the Buffalo Bills and how much of a wagon that team is right now, and and you wonder if it's really enough to win the division. So I think they'll get in as a wild card. I think then it becomes anybody's game once you get in at that point, and and we'll see what happens. But Buffalo in the division is going to be extremely tough to beat. Evan Lazar, the football zah. Where can you be seen, heard, and the word is read? You can follow me on Twitter at Easy Lazar and read me on clnsmedia.com or on our YouTube channel, Patriots Press Pass. We do all sorts of podcasts, videos, and all sorts of other things from Gillette when I'm down there. So Patriots Press Pass, uh, please subscribe. Thank you. boy. Hey, listen, I've been a fan for a while. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll keep track of what you got to say. You're going to be down in New York this week? I am, yes. Oh, it's beautiful. J- just outside of uh... – MetLife Stadium, that like that Newark adjacent area, it's gorgeous. Just like 
airplanes and ramadas and highway and jug handle turns. You're going to love it. It's a beautiful, what a take. It's my favorite road trip. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. Be safe. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll keep in touch. All right. Thanks, Fitzy. All right. Great job by Evan Lazar at Easy Lazar joining us here on New England Training Camp Live. Uh, All right. That's going to do it for today's show, everybody. So the Patriots have... uh, Evan, you, you don't know, you don't have to stick around, buddy. I appreciate it. You can you can hit the hang up button. You're good to go, man. Thanks. Okay, what a what a nice guy. Hi, huh? he was even going to stick around to the end and just listen to the end of the show. What a sweetheart. He's great, really. I've I've watched Evan come up through the ranks. His film breakdowns, his uh, his analysis, uh, his draft predictions. It's almost like he's like a, a self taught amateur scout, uh, a breakdown guy, beat writer. Really does an awesome job. And as you just heard for the past twenty plus minutes. Uh, Gave us some good intel and insight on where the Pats are at. Hey, and listen, this is someone not like the guys I work with at the radio station who either say like, well, the Pats are going to suck this year. That's all there is to it. Does anyone talk like a Simpsons character, W-E-E-I? Slowly but surely, I'm convincing a couple of people, maybe this team has competitive potential, right? That's all you could ask for. They don't ever win another Super Bowl in this lifetime, or at least in my lifetime. Who, Who knows? Of course I'll take one. I'll take two. I'll take three. I'll take however many. The team, Belichick, McCorkle, whoever, future QB to be named. Maybe it's Jack Brady. Maybe it's one of Brady's. I don't know. Whoever. I'll take any one of them. I'm not going to argue with them. Like free pizzas or buybacks at the bar at happy hour. Of course I'm going to say, please, by all means. But at the same time, they've won six. It's okay. As long as we don't keep comparing these Patriots, or at least Mac Jones, to Tom Brady, as long as we just judge them for what they are, as long as we appreciate the fact that they've rebuilt the team, both through free agency and some good drafts, that they have some framework to build around, and that we're seeing progress. Like I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, at the beginning of the show today, you're seeing the progress. Cam looks better. Mac is developing. The offensive line is gelling. J.J. Taylor's breaking out. Ramondra Stevenson is a find. Matt Judon is just dominating on his side of the ball. Some other guys are getting reps in Gilmore's absence to cut their teeth and be ready in the secondary. Yeah, we might have a kicker of the future. That future might be a year or two from now. Great. Great. These are important parts of Belichick football, of winning football, of, you ready for this? Patriots football. And that's what it's all about. I do think Joan Williams is going to make this team. We'll find out. All right, guys, we will be back on Monday with the next episode of New England Training Camp Live brought to you by Odyssey Sports and, of course, WEEI 93.7 FM and WEEI.com. This is your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens. You can listen to me Saturdays from 1 to 4 with my pal, Mego, Megan Ottolini on Fitzy and Mego on WEEI. Of course, you can read me at WEEI.com and follow me all across your socials at FitzyGFY. Why? Because I love you like I love the Patriots. That's it for today's episode. Everyone take care of yourselves. We'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. Drink up. God bless. Go Pats.